Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the new PFF NFL Daily. Here's a recent snippet from the PFF NFL podcast. Best deep threat, Mike. That's your first wide receiver superlative. Who you got there? This one's tough. I, there's a there's a few good ones in this draft class. I would highlight Nebraska's Trey Palmer, who had the best forty at the combine, I believe, had the fastest speed at the Senior Bowl, twenty one point one miles per hour. Like he can fly. Just has kind of bad hands, though. Um, he, he's a good deep threat, but just maybe not a reliable one. I think Quentin Johnson's maybe your best like one on one deep threat. That if I want to run a go ball on the outside, he's the guy probably I would put my money on to win that go ball in this draft class. But then just who has the best explosiveness, who changes uh, the game, who has that like fear speed that they can put in opposing defenses is Jalen Hyatt to me, the Tennessee wide receiver. That's, that's why he's getting a drafted wherever he gets drafted. It's not because he's a complete route runner. It's not because he's super dynamic after the catch. It's because if you forget about him, if you're flat footed as a safety and he got a free release coming on you, you're toast. He just has, I don't really care if you only ran a 4-4 at the Combine. On the football field, he plays with elite speed. So, yeah, Jalen Hyatt's the one where you want speed in this draft class. You want a guy to to really bring that element. He's your guy. Um, he ranked very high in the uh, the tracking data speed. So, yes, you know, forget that, the 4-4 four, flats thing. Like, that's a guy where a lot of times teams right now you're hearing are ignoring, if not dismissing entirely the the 40 times and relying on the tracking data Jalen Hyatt's tracking data essentially says if he's not faster than 4-4 then the 4-4 like plays differently when he's out there like he he is a legitimate burner do you have any concerns that the offense that we talked about is not propping him up but maybe making him look a little bit better at that stuff than he actually is in terms of like stacked releases from the slot never being bumped at the line all that kind of stuff Oh, 100%. I mean, that's why I'm saying, like, he's the threat. I, I don't know if he's the best deep receiver, <laughs> but, like, he, the threat of the speed there. That's okay. why I said, like, if I want to run a goal ball on the outside, I, I'd probably pick Quinn Johnson. But if I have a guy, you know, motioning into the slot, and I know he's going to get a free release, and I just want him to go deep, I, I'm going Jan Hyatt there. So, yeah, I do have serious concerns about that, especially when you're 173 pounds. It, it's tough. You know, if you've never dealt with NFL caliber strength on the outside, it's different. And there's a lot of guys in that mold who are freakishly fast. If you go back and look at, you know, top 10 fastest receivers in combine history, not a lot of them are players. You know, it's difficult to be able to be a complete player when you're that fast. And I actually have a take about that, that guys who have like sprinting backgrounds are worse wide receivers 
because the gait that it takes to be like a high-end sprinter is not conducive to stopping. You, you are striding outward. You know, you're really getting to, to really maximize your speed. You have to get as long a stride length as possible. And when you're doing that, you, you can't come to a stop nearly as fast as guys who have maybe a more lateral gait, you know, who are maybe a little choppier, who have a little different running style. And so that's why I think like the Devonte Adams, Justin Jefferson's of the world who have kind of, you know, J- Justin Jefferson almost runs like a deer. Devonte kind of shuffles those weirder gates lend themselves to being able to stop it. All right. I like that. I like that you've also thought about this in this kind of semantic detail. Like anyone else would just go deep threat, deep, like it's the same thing. You have analyzed the term threat rather than, you know, deep receiver. It's more nuanced than that. I like that, Mike. That's the kind of special, uh, special level of detail <laughs> you're bringing to the table here. What about the best route runner? Best route runner, this is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now, there's there's a few others in this draft class I like. Obviously, Jordan Addison's one of the better route runners in USC. I think Zay's a pretty good route runner, too. Uh, Michael Wilson from Stanford's a good route runner. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, I I wrote today, it only took him, he was only at Ohio State for three years, but he got his PhD in route running <laughs> in only three years. It was only two years, really, because it was a sophomore take right. there, based on this off. He just, like, he knows. Like, he knows how to separate uh he's got a lot of tricks in his bag and kind of just like understands how to play the position so yeah that's why i'm high on him that's why he's you know i think 12th in pff board maybe 11th i don't know he's high on pff board uh and he's a great route runner i just think that translates very well he he was talking at the podium at the combine and you know a lot of times these guys talk at the podium and it's just it's 10 minutes of nothing or whatever um but he was saying stuff i think that was pretty interesting he was talking about the receivers in the NFL that he like studies or watches tape of and all this kind of thing. And he was saying that he loves Stefan Diggs. And the reason that he loves Stefan Diggs is because every movement and head fake and, and all that kind of thing that Diggs makes is super exaggerated. Like it's over the top to get the DB to buy into something. So when you've got a guy like Smith and Jigba who has that absurd three cone change of direction ability and on top of that, He's like magnifying the fake so that a guy is going to buy it every time. Like that's just supercharging your ability to separate on everything, you know, underneath and horizontal on every break you make is it's like, it's, it's, you know, exaggerated. It's, uh, it's magnified the, the actual success that it has because you're doing the kind of stuff that you don't need to do at that speed. Yeah. And I think the, the intriguing thing to me about JSN also is that we saw a sophomore tape, you know, there's yeah. the, the last guy that we really was in that mold who we didn't see as a junior, but dominated as a sophomore was, you know, Jamar Chase, you know, th- there's still physical development that occurs between year two and year three, year, when you're 19 years old, 20 years old. I know everyone's questioning his speed and it's like, oh, is the four, five, two or, you know, four, five, whatever you want to, whatever he ran at his pro day, is that real? Well, like he may have actually gotten faster because that's what happens at that age. People improve physically. So we just didn't get to see it with him. I also think it's why the idea that he could be a better player or more do do more at the NFL level yeah. than he did in college is not off the table. Like he's just being talked about as this slot only guy, but his route running is exceptional. You know, his will it's not just route running, but to play on the outside, you need releases as well, which we'll get to in a second, which is a, a little bit different, but kind of cut from the same cloth. Like if he can do all that kind of stuff, Four or five is fine. Like, it's not prohibitively bad for the outside. Like, these are the kinds of things that would let him play on the outside and and be more than just a slot receiver at the next level. 
I, I agree with that take. I, I do think that the a lot of you know a lot of slot only is why we're like, oh, why can't they play on the outside? Usually, it's size. You know, usually it's the play strength aspect, which is not. You know, he may be a little tightly wound. He may not have the biggest wingspan for like a six-one wide receiver, but he's not small. You know, right. he's not his play strength has never been a question, and and that's something that when that's the case, like usually you should be able to play on the outside still. It's just that. Oh, they had the 10th and 11th pick at outside wide receiver who ran in the four threes. Of course, you're going to put them as the outside guys in that offense. Um, what about the the releases then? Because that's it's kind of an element to route running, but it's it's slightly different and, and does play yeah. into that ability to play outside and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure JSN's got some good releases. We just, you don't get to see a ton in the slot. But the guy who I loved at the Senior Bowl with what he did with what he does on tape at Stanford is Michael Wilson. And I think at his size, so he's like 6'2", 216, you get more, you have more options uh, when you're, when you're in that mold, when you have strength as an ability too. when, if you're going against like a 180 pound corner, you can just fire, you know, instead of who's pressing you, you don't have to go around him. You can just go right through him and bowl him over. You know, you can AJ Brown him to Christian Fulton when you're that big sometimes. So uh, I think he's just got a lot in his bag. And then at that size, you know, see the 40 i think it was four five nine not great and you're like oh you know can he play on the outside is that going to translate well his 10 split was one five you know his 10 split was a, one of the better 10 splits i think it was the fourth best 10 split in this wide receiver class he's 216 pounds like the guy gets off the line of scrimmage that that was similar to to me that was a lot like how michael thomas was coming out of ohio state in that yeah he may be i think he, he ran a four five nine two or like right in the four six range but getting off the line of scrimmage, he was sudden. And then you saw that translate right away to the Saints until obviously wheels fell off with injuries. But I, I feel similarly about Michael Wilson. Yeah, I really liked Michael Wilson's tape when I was going through the wide receivers. I think he's a guy like in the mid rounds that may end up being a really good player if he stays healthy. Um, okay, so after the catch and um, freakiest athlete, effectively, you've got as the same guy. It's your guy, Quinton Johnston from TCU. I I am curious why people are starting to sour on Quinn Johnson. I, <laughs> I think he is one of the highest end athletes I've seen at the position since I started doing this. I mean, I just think a guy with a six foot ten inch wingspan, two hundred eight pounds, to be able to move the way he does, and you know, forty five broken tackles on one hundred fifteen career catches is, I think, still like almost like a 10% more higher broken tackle rate than even Debo Samuel was coming out of South Carolina in his career. Like the guy is difficult to bring down because he's so solidly built, like not an ounce of fat on this guy at 208 pounds. And then to be as explosive as he is, um, I, I just think there's a path to success. Now I, I get their you know, route running concerns, 10% drop rate, which I have a take on his drop rate that you go back and watch them. The vast majority are Max Duggan fireballs that are not even spirals. <laughs> Max Duggan was not even throwing spirals. I counted four on his tape that I, were 100% Max Duggan's fault this past year. That, that's like, I, I think he's getting a little uh, undervalued in that regard of the hands questions just because he was playing with a guy who, you go back and watch the combine, the guys that were Max Duggan was throwing to, he was last in the gauntlet line. Those guys were dropping a lot of those because he, he – he just, I saw him try to hit the net at the senior bowl and the dude was missing. I, he took like 15 minutes to even hit the net. So, okay, I digress there. But Quentin Johnston, I do think, is just a unique dude that some way, shape, or form he's going to 
succeed in the NFL. But you know why he's slipping. Like, there's okay. Yeah, there's I know why. But I, I'm curious why. Like, do you really value the ball skills that, or worry about the ball skills that much, or is the route running, or which aspect is right. really the one that is making people like he's in the 30s on some people's boards, yeah. and which that floors. I mean. I get it. Like the first thing when I was looking, I start doing the draft stuff, you know, and I go to our big board and I just start working top to bottom, like start from the top, work my way down. And obviously Quentin Johnston was the number one wide receiver in your board. And after watching him for a few minutes, I'm like, I, what? I don't understand. Why, what am I looking for here? Because there, he's, he's pretty bad at a lot of like fairly fundamental wide receiver things. And then the offset obviously is the stuff you're talking about, which is, he is a pretty freaky athlete. And, you know, if you get the ball in his hands on a hitch and he turns upfield immediately, the dude can be gone, like turn a hitch into a touchdown in a heartbeat. But he's not, I mean, forget the catching part, like the drops, but he's not even good just at the catching bit. Like the, the ball skills thing is not good. Like deep down the field, he sort of shows willing for a lot of those catches, but it feels sort of it feels like uh, like almost like an act. Like, I'm not really going to catch this, but I need to go up and show willing, and otherwise I'm not getting the ball again. Like, he's just not good at that stuff. Yeah, he's not your over-the-middle-of-the-field guy, I will say. Some alligator arms on tape. Yeah. Um, okay, so the flip side of that is, who's the best at the catch point in this class? That, to me, is Cedric Tillman, the Tennessee wide receiver. The um, other Tennessee Another receiver. big body, like massive, you know, 220-pounder. Uh, very physical, beats guys up, I think 19 of tw 32 in contested situations the last two years. That's like his game. You know, he is kind of, you know, your big possession wide receiver, like what the traits that it takes to be a possession wide receiver. Like, that's Cedric Tillman. He has all those traits. So uh, if that's what you want in your offense, uh, if that's the type, you know, big slot that a lot of teams are falling in love with, that's Cedric Tillman. And best hands. Best hands. Um, there weren't there's not a lot of great hands in this draft. <laughs> Cedric Tillman's got really good hands, I will say. More better hands in the tight end class. But Charlie Jones, the Purdue wide receiver, is the one who had the lowest drop rate in this draft class. Six drops on 155 catchable for his career.